All right. Windwood Radio, you have tuned into Discussions of Truth with Ian Hamilton Trottier, and I am he. Every Wednesday, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am here giving you an angle of something in our world that just doesn't seem right. And look, I'm not the only one. Last week, Tony Gosling. Tony Gosling is a UK-based researcher, journalist, producer, and activist. They throw in historian and investigative rephrase, investigative radio journalist. He happens to own Bilderberg.com. Okay, so I'm sure he gets an enormous amount of hits to that. But Tony's story is, look, he was with the BBC for a number of years. And the culture started to change. And he left. Yes, he left the BBC because of... Censorship. A big deal. Okay. The BBC is no small beans, right? No small beans. So he joined the program last week. If he didn't get a chance to listen to the episode, find all my past episodes on Mixcloud or iantrache.com. And you can find about 70% of them on iTunes, and now just of about three weeks ago, iHeartRadio. Tune in, Google Play, rather Google Podcast, and a number of other platforms. When you go to iTunes or Anchor.fm, because they're all channeled from that platform, you will find, and they already get, they already get a nod. But I'm going to give him a nod right now. I'm going to give a nod to them, and I'm going to give a nod to somebody else. So, the Black Talks. Okay, first nod. Second nod, Best Natures. Because all my guests now receive a complimentary gift from Best Natures. They're a Canadian company. They make incredible organic products. J.P. Lindstroth joining us in about 60 seconds to discuss ethnocide in China. Is it becoming genocide, he asks. JP is no academic lightweight. He does have a PhD from Oxford. He's based down here in South Florida. He has reached, he will be rejoining the program. He's joined the program previously. This will be about his third or fourth time. So he's going to be discuss, discussing his research and his point of view on what's happening in China. If you hadn't been made privy to, the Chinese are throwing Muslims into encampments. I hope you have a problem with that, because I have a very big problem with that. And here's the even bigger problem, is that the Chinese are not a lightweight. They have a massive military. Can you imagine if you're a Muslim in, the, in Canada or the UK or the US, and you were being thrown into an encampment because of your beliefs? 
No, this is freedom of religion. Yes. It doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter, and that's the way it should be. Equality for all based on religion. And speech, by the way. Okay. So, JP's joining us. Um, I'm going to remark that at about 60 seconds from now. And following JP will be former... Now the title is known as Deputy Prime Minister. Basically like the VP of uh, the U.S. One Paul Hellyer will be joining the program at the quarter mark, 515... I will be right back with Mr. Lindstrop. You tuned in to Discussion of Truth on Winwood Radio. I am your host, Ian Hamilton Troche. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Both handles, I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Give to the program. 50 bucks and I'll send you a t-shirt. Very high quality, very comfortable. You'll love to wear it. You'll want to wear it all the time. Be right back. Yeah, a little kiss to Jesus. Send the love. Yeah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this is for you. <laughs> you need the kiss. Like, how do you end that without doing the kiss? All right. I draw a virtual triangle every time I'm, I'm on stage. That's like my protection walls, oh, yeah? you know, from energies. And that's, that's like a, a moment where I actually, most of the time, I, I breathe deeply and connect, you know, while music is happening. You know, I might look crazy, you know, rubbing my hand or something. But in, in being as part of the character, I'm actually connecting to a higher source, you know, for, to have a good show. Yeah. You know, not specifically to Jesus or Buddha or anybody. It's my higher source. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, um, well, okay. So it it began um, happening in China, where in the western um, province of Xinjiang, um, they've been, I guess, put creating concentration camps for the Uyghur uh, Kazakh population who are Muslim. And it's been, there's about a million, they're estimating about a million people, a million Uyghur Kazakh Muslim minorities in prison there, and they're being tortured and um, indoctrinated to become more like the Han Chinese. What are, what are your sources, JP? Okay, so I mean, the 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 main one is Human Rights Watch, but I mean, there's all sorts of I mean, academic sources. I'm not a Chinese specialist, but there's uh, I mean, there's legitimate academic ch- 
Chinese specialists to look at this stuff. And what happened was that in 2013 and 2014, there were some, you know, minor terrorist incidents uh, against the Chinese majority, which gave the Chinese government carte blanche to then, you know, go after this population. But there's the New York Times who's written about it, the Guardian newspaper, um, the Washington Post. I mean, it's been in the news, the BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation. So it's been in the news, but it's not been, like, um, emphasized, I guess you could say. It's been going on since at least 2014. They started stepping it up in 2016. The main one is Human Rights Watch. But the problem, um, Ian, is that... Uh, you know, getting, actually being in Xinjiang and talking to people there, mostly what people are doing is talking to people who are refugees, so people who fled to Kazakhstan and in the, to the West, to Europe or the United States, and interviewed people in um, Uyghur or Kazakh or Chinese about the situation. So these are re-education camps, and the... Uh, Chinese government is uh, is is demanding that these people proclaim themselves as atheists. They they have to re-educate their religious beliefs to become atheists. Is that accurate? Right. So they have to renounce Islam and they have to you know pledge allegiance to the Chinese government and learn Chinese and basically they're the Chinese are trying to destroy the Uyghur culture, Muslim minority culture out west um, in the western portion of the provinces which is by all the countries that end in stand that are hard to remember like Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan it's also bordering Afghanistan and those places like that and so the Uyghur people are kind of it's kind of a it's like a conglomerate the language itself is kind of strange it's a Turkic language Uh and so the the script is they use like a Arabic Persian kind of script, but they have also used the the Cyrillic alphabet is what the Russians use, and so the Chinese want to stamp it out and they want to get rid of it. And so we all know, like when when you have ethnocide, when you when you try to get rid of a culture, then you try to get rid of a people too. I mean, in the United States, you know, when when we got rid of the Native Americans, we we had a motto in the United States. Um, Kill the Indian, save the man. I don't know if you knew that or not, but no, I didn't. I had never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And they got so many reservations, of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, except, and, except yeah, for uh-huh. Saskatchewan, and I, I, I think that she was quite helpful for the Lewis and Clark party. Isn't that, isn't that right? Oh That's yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we, uh, we variously used Native Americans. Um, in our different wars with the British and French, and then we use them for exploration and things like that. Um, But again, we also had this notion of manifest destiny, which basically was that we had the right or God-given right to conquer the West, which basically proclaimed, like, well, the land was empty. There's nobody living there, and of course that wasn't true, right? Yeah. So, so what is the uh, what's the what's the point? What's the UN? What, 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 and and how is this being uh, received by the Trump administration? Has he come out with any type of uh, official? Yeah, I haven't heard anything from Trump about this or his administration. Obviously, uh, with trade with the Chinese, it's sensitive to when dealing with the Chinese and human rights. 
obviously that, you know, precursor to this is what's happening in Tibet with the Tibet, um, and a lot of Tibet uh, people are in exile. Um, but the United Nations, what they have come out and said, I guess was in August of 2018, and they came out and condemned the Chinese for their uh, human rights abuses in this portion, in Xinjiang portion, the western portion of China. I mean, this is absolutely atrocious. What about uh, any of the other English-speaking world powers like uh, the British? Or have they taken? Uh, you spent a number of years in Oxford studying. Have the British taken a, a stance on this? Nobody's taken any concerted effort. No, I mean, has. it's become become known. But like you know, and like here's the problem, Ian, about the whole thing is that it's like it's like a genocide happening. It's kind of like what's going on with the Rohingya in Myanmar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also the other genocides that are happening, like in Brazil with the Indians there, you know. So these things are happening. People have come out and denounced it. Nothing really strong, like nothing like any, like, a, like a UN Security Council condemnation, anything like that. It's just, just, it's just, just mind boggling. Did the New York Times compare it to Nazi Germany at all? Has anybody I don't, officially no, I don't know if they did, but I certainly did. I mean, the thing is, like, Human Rights Watch was able to document 28 camps, Ian, and, but they said that in their report, well, actually, and also the Australian Strategic Policy Institute um, was able to document, like, 28 camps, but there's, they, the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, ASPI, said that there might be as many as 1,200 and since 2016, there's been a 470% increase in the creation of these camps. And there's a million people being held. So, I mean, that's a lot of people, man. I mean, that, that is definitely comparative to Nazi Germany, I would say. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the numbers there. I don't know how many Jews were, were thrown into the camps there. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely absurd that even one, one person is, is thrown in. Into, into a prisoner in a camp uh, based on their their religious beliefs. Uh, so, uh, JP, tell tell us what kind of uh, what, what what kind of uh, what have you done uh, about this? Anything developing on your end that you're gaining any momentum to momentum to, to try to uh, combat this? Uh, of course, uh, uh, yeah. Looking at the piece the article in PeaceVoice.com right now, but well, uh, well of course, of course, like the, with the Holocaust, there were six million Jews killed right in the in in the World War Two by Nazi Germany. But the, what what I have done in my the piece that I wrote it came out in Peace Voice, and it came out in the online journal Counterpunch, which is okay. It's kind of leftist, but it's okay. I mean, it's pretty good, I think. And so what I did is I provided people with uh, the email of the Chinese embassy in Washington D.C. and I provided them the the phone number for the Chinese embassy in Washington D.C. as well. Yeah. And also said, like, you know, write your local, write your, you know, U.S. House of Representatives, write your U.S. Senator, or both of them, about the issue. Um, as far as, I mean, for me, like, why it alerted me to it is that it's just another genocide happening in the world that shouldn't really be happening, and there should be, like, pressure from, you know, like the United States, Great Britain, the United Nations, much more pressure than it's happening now. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, JP, thanks for joining Discuss Your Truth. Any 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 last words for for listeners? Parting, um, parting words for them. Uh, yeah, I would just action. I would just say that, uh, and thank you again, Ian, for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, I would just say point people to uh, my article on on Counterpunch and my articles on Peace Voice. I have several articles on Counterpunch and Peace Voice that 
people can go ahead and look up issues of different aspects of genocide or whatever, um, issues like immigration, whatever. Amazing. And and by the way, those listening, uh, JP was instrumental in uh, actually uh, bringing Alex DeWall on, on, onto the program, and he talked about his book, Mass Starvation. JP, until next time, uh, keep up the great work. Thank you, Ian, and, and have a great day, and thank you so much for inviting me. Ladies and gentlemen, J.P. Lindstroth, based out of South Florida, uh, the guy's just got an incredible academic mind. And, uh, again, you can find his work. Um, the, one that, the one that I would steer to is uh, at peacevoice.info. Uh, peacevoice.info, just as it sounds. And, uh, you know, if you just, if you just simply uh, query in your search browser, um, peacevoice. Peace Voice J.P. Lindstroth, that's L-I-N-S-T-R-O-T-H. For sure, you're going to get his article. He writes a number of articles. We'll be right back with Mr. Paul Hellier. Try a little whiplash. Sound current. Do you do it while you're in front of the audience? Yes. So the audience sees you do this triangle. Well, you know, I do it with my my eyes. Oh, okay. Picture myself. I I thought you'd like. (laughs) I should do a chalk. People would freak out. They probably would. And like candles. It works. It works for me. And it's it's really interesting because, you know, it's it's more like an awareness, you know, because at the end of the show, it's 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 like why did I get from from this performance tonight? If it was good or bad, you know, I would learn something from that. It's like an awareness. Um, I'm really weird. My creative process happens all the time. Like I'm writing all the time or like thinking about concepts all the time. And um, they just come to me and I write them down. And then once I'm in front of my computer, I'm like a weirdo. Everything has to be extremely organized. And I prefer to be like writing Okay, little intro to To Live is to Die. That's an interesting take and spin on 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 the existence. We have with us Canadian politician Mr. Paul Hellyer. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. Welcome great to, day. Welcome to Discussions of Truth, Windward Radio, Miami. Uh Paul, you've just completed um I, I think it's fitting to use the word a memoir, Hope Restored. That's correct, yes. It's uh, my 15th, and uh, my wife tells me final book. <laughs> okay. It's the, it's the third in a trilogy, which I started eight years ago. I didn't realize it was going to be a trilogy, but eight years ago I wrote a book called uh, uh, Light at the End of the Tunnel, 
a survival okay. plan for the human species. Excellent. I thought that was it. That all that was all I had to say, and I learned so much in the next four years. I wrote another book called "The Money Mafia: A World in Crisis." Right, I've heard of that one. And that one, I I thought would be my last, and then the information kept on pouring in, and I had a little more to say. So someone said, "Well, why don't you write your memoirs and tack that on the end?" Which is what I've done, and it's uh, it's called "Hope Restored" because uh, there is hope. But uh, only if uh, a lot of us get off of our Chesterfields or whatever we're sitting on and do things uh, positively. And if we do, why, uh, then hope will be restored. If we don't, why, we'll have to change the name of the book. Oh. <laughs> so now, Paul, you've, you've, you've been around a while. Are you, are you still a practicing politician in Canada? Well, I, I don't know that you could call me a practicing politician. I'm still working. I'm only five days a week now since the first of July, since the first of January, at my wife's insistence. And uh, but I'm still uh, writing ideas and floating ideas and talking to people and trying to get them to act in various uh, areas that uh, are desperately in need of uh, of action. And I guess I'll just uh, keep on doing that as long as I have the. Uh, the strength and the uh, vitality and the and the cogency to be able to do it. <laughs> now, you you studied aeronautics in Southern California uh, before you got into politi- uh, politics, isn't that right? That's correct. Yes. And you probably learned a few things uh, about aeronautics. And you, right out of the bat, uh, as an American. Um, and I think very highly of, 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 of Canada, by the way. I think it's a wonderful – one of my sponsors is a Canadian company. I, I, I love that country. But right out of the bat, you are a controversial politician because, uh, because you have taken a stance on extraterrestrial influence on this world, which is which – is, and I've, I've had on um, – uh, I've had on some, some guests in the past uh, that, 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 have, uh, that, that have kind of spoken a little bit about – uh, uh, this topic, uh, Carrie Cassidy, for one. Um, but it, it, for the average person to really consider that there might be an influence um, from another galaxy or another planet uh, is, is is a stretch. But you've you've got you've got an angle and a view that makes a lot of sense, and I want you to talk about that. But the first thing, perhaps, to address is the this cabal right i mean i mean as as we've got donald trump in the white house which which look the the, the guys the guy is who he is but um it seems like it's a little bit of a disgrace where you've where 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 the the, the most powerful country in the, in the world can't can't get a more diplomatic and level level-headed balanced uh mouth in 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 the oval office uh, again i'm not i don't want to take any shots at trump but um, it does seem like it does seem to me like there are strings that clearly are pulling, uh, pulling what's going on in the Oval Office that are uh, way above the Oval the Oval Office. If that makes sense to you, Paul, it does because that's been happening for the last seventy years or almost. The uh, cabal, and I should uh, I should uh, let people know that uh, I was for a number of years the Minister of National Defense for Canada. Uh, because um, that gives some credence, I would hope, to uh, what I say. And um, for many, many years, 
the United States has had, uh, well, first kind of two governments, the uh, shadow government uh, or alternate government, as it was called, and the one that was elected. And it was the alternate government and the shadow government that was really running the United States uh, to the exclusion of a lot of the power, certainly of the president and of the Congress. So um, I came across this uh, subject, uh, well, I, I knew about it when I was Minister of National Defense because I got um, reports, citing reports of um, unidentified flying objects. And uh, like other countries, about 80% of the sightings were natural phenomena and about uh, between 15 and 20% were not. In other words, they were genuine unidentified flying objects. And that is about the same percentage that they got in the United, in the United Kingdom, according to Nick Pope, uh, who used to be on the UFO uh, desk of the Defense Department in the United Kingdom. So for many, many years, a lot of decisions have been made about which the people of the United States have no knowledge whatsoever. And uh, this and the Congress, uh, with the exception of one or two uh, at a time, uh, no knowledge whatsoever, even though you have spent over those 70 years trillions of dollars developing what in fact was alien technology. And so this, this is a big subject and I, I don't hope we don't spend the whole time on it, but it, would, it should uh, come as no surprise that, uh, that there are other planets that are more advanced than the Earth, uh, which is um, sort of presumed to be uh, near the bottom of the list in its evolution, <clears throat> and that they have uh, technology which is light years ahead of ours. And they've been visiting this uh, planet for, uh, uh, for thousands of years, one of the examples I give in the, my book is that in the 1960s, there were about uh, 50 UFOs flying south over Europe. And uh, the commander-in-chief of, of NATO in Europe, the Supreme Allied Commander, um, was just about to press the panic button when they turned around and went back over the North Pole. He had wondered if they might be uh, from the Soviet Union or whatever. But as a result of that, he, he caused a, uh, an investigation which lasted three years and was very thorough. And at the end of that investigation, he, it concluded that there were at least four species that had been visiting Earth for thousands of years. And this will, of course, come, will not be a surprise to people who study uh, various sciences and, uh, and note the, uh, the, the evidence that has been left behind by one means or another and by one species or another in various areas of the world. Now, Paul, the, the formation of the Federal, Federal Reserve, Alexander Hamilton, and Thomas Jefferson's Jefferson kind of went 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 uh, went heads over the system that uh, Hamilton eventually 
uh, put into place. Um, but uh, uh, you're talking 70 years in this country. So, uh, so I think what we're getting at here is the Woodrow Wilson signing of uh, the Federal Federal Reserve Law in 1913. Um, is from 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 the appearance of it, it looks like you know the wealthies, the wealthy Americans at the time, uh, J.P. Morgan, the Rockefellers, uh, the Vanderbilts, being in collusion with uh, these very wealthy families um, out of Europe um, to basically, it's a central bank, right? So so basically, kind of uh, it controls uh, and and keeps people. In their place, to to kind of a, a layman's uh, definition of it, and uh, and I think I don't know sure if you're familiar with uh, Charlotte Iser, but but she kind of had exposed um, uh, Skull and Bones uh, through Yale um, as her father was a member uh, and her grandfather had been a member, and of course I speak about them frequently on this program as the Bushes and uh, members of the Rockefellers, I believe, were 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 tied into that fraternity, but really, really what it came, uh, where that stemmed from, for, for me in my own research, was a guy named Anthony Sutton, uh, a former uh, Stanford Hoover fellow uh, that had exposed, um, for instance, Prescott Bush um, uh, funding, uh, well, his, the bank that he was the, the president of, funding uh, World War II um, on both sides. So funding both the, the Nazi regime uh, and, 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 of course, uh, the American uh, army, but if we tie in um, a, a extraterrestrial influence over the course of a few thousand years, how how does that tie in to uh, the money supply, or does it? Does or does it? Um, if that makes sense to you? Yeah, there are two there are two questions, and I would like to address them both. <clears throat> First of all. The cabal, and we can come back to that in a minute or two if you'd like, is headed, the, the, the apex of the cabal is the money cartel. And the Fed was one of the biggest mistakes that the Congress of the United States ever made. Uh, the president, a year and a half later, I think it was, said it was the biggest mistake that he had ever made. And, Paul, it, it was signed without the approval of Congress, right? They were on re uh, Christmas recess, or, 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 is well, my it, understanding. It was passed by Congress okay. just, just before, in late December, just before the Christmas recess. And I think most of the congressmen were more interested in sugar plum fairies <laughs> than were in the future of the American people at that time. So let, let me put it this way. The money, the right to create money is the, is the belonging, is the patent, belongs to us, the people. We own it, we sh in theory at least, because, and it is our sovereign right. So instead of using that power, we have deliberately and knowingly handed it over to a handful of people to create what they call money. And it's not really money, but they call it money, which is it's what I call phantom money or funny money. Fiat, right, yeah. Uh, out of, well, fiat money is, uh, is uh, what you print. But this, this most money is, uh, consists of bank-created bank, de bank uh, deposits. And so a few 
private people were given this right, and then they create money out of nothing, literally. It's just a computer entry. Years ago, the, the head of our Bank of Canada said money is nothing but a book entry. Well, if he were alive today, he'd say money is nothing but a computer entry. So here are these handful of people creating money on their computers and then lending it to the government of the United States, to the Canadian government, to ordinary people, to business, and insisting that it be repaid principal and interest. But no one creates the money to repay it. So we have this huge, you have a huge multi-trillion dollar debt, and there's absolutely no way that it can be printed, that it can be paid off with the present system. So you've, you've just raised one of the three or four most urgent and most important issues facing humankind today. Because not, and not only is this system, in my opinion, totally evil, uh, witness the fact that um, four or five years ago, 88 people owned 50% of all the wealth in the world. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years later, it was 80%. And of 80 families, I should say, and then in uh, 2018 or so, 62 families owned half of all the wealth wealth in the world. Can you imagine that? You take all the big cities in the world, in, in China and Japan and the United States and uh, Canada and Britain and France and uh, and uh, Germany and right around the world, and 62 families own the equivalent of all, every second one of those cities all over the world. An incredible system. So what happens? We have this tremendous debt. We have people who are not getting enough food, enough yeah. people who are not getting enough education. We have people who are not getting adequate health care and so on. And there is no solution to it except to nationalize the Fed and start having it create, in cooperation with the government of the United States, some what I call government-created uh, money. And I'm recommending and have recommended uh, for years 34% of all of the money that's created should be government-created money. And that would be enough to balance the budgets at all levels of government, the federal, the state, and the municipal, and with lower taxes because you don't have to divert so much of people's income to pay so much interest on money that you borrowed because you don't have to borrow as much. And as a matter of fact, I've, in the formula that I have devised, and it's in two or three of my books, including both the Money Mafia and the uh, the latest one, Hope Restored, the, the, the formula I have uh, uh, written with others would allow governments to introduce very large sums of uh, government-created money into the system and uh, to start uh, doing the infrastructure, which has been neglected for so long, and to start making up uh, uh, the services that have been uh, skimped on and uh, the cuts that have been made to some of the major uh, um, 
programs that are there for the benefit of the people and work our way out of the system so that instead of the 62 families being able to, to 20 times, lend 20 times the capital that they've got, it would be cut to two and the governments everywhere in the world could pay off some of their debt, achieve full employment, and eliminate, uh, the most important thing, eliminate recessions and depressions. They were never, ever necessary, but they've happened because the banking cartel has been able to manipulate the money supply and to pull all sorts of stunts like the Great Depression of the 1930s and the Great Recession that just is ending now after 10 years and uh, have a system which makes sense for all of the people. But most important of all, it would reduce the power of the cabal dramatically because as long as it has access to the money-making machinery, it has the power. And the cabal has the power to run the United States and most of the world. And it's a, it's, it's a tragedy because, I mean, we're, we talk about democracy and about right. electing people to look after us. But then if they don't know what's going on when you elect them, um, how can they really serve the people? And so the cabal roughly consists of the, of, well, they're, first of all, the three sisters, as I call them, the Bilderbergers at the top, and then the uh, Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission. And uh, most of the bankers are members of, nearly all of the bankers are members of the, uh, of the Bilderbergers. <clears throat> and then the next uh, row down is the oil cartel, which has been deceiving the people about the, uh, the science of, uh, of uh, global warming. And knowing full well, just like the tobacco people did a few, a few years ago, knowing full well of the consequences that the, the world is going to go through a terrible, terrible calamity with the changes in the weather. And in Florida, I would be particularly concerned because a lot of Florida will be wiped out unless we act very quick, quickly. It'll be underwater. And, uh, and then... Below, just below the oil cartel, which actually uh, I think owns the patents to zero point energy, which is really the solution to the, the situation. Because uh, if, if, if coal and oil live, people will die. And the only solution is to get zero point energy into production and right away and try and uh, save the situation before it's too late. Well, then below the, the oil cartel uh, are the transnational corporations, most of which are, are, uh, are all either owned or controlled by the, uh, by the bankers. And then the, uh, the intelligence agencies, the CIA, the uh, FBI and the NSA, along with the uh, with the British MI6 and the uh, Israeli Mossad, and then a huge slice of the American liberty of American lib 
military, excuse me, I got tongue-tied here for a minute. And they are the cabal, and they have been calling the shots from the early post-war years right through until the present time. And I, you may have this uh, quote that uh, when veteran Sarah McClendon, the uh, veteran reporter at the White House, asked Bill Clinton uh, why he didn't do something about disclosing this business of the the UFOs and the and the uh, extraterrestrial influence and their technology, he said, "Sarah, there's a government within the government, and I don't control it." Yeah. Period. Wow. Here's the president of the most powerful country in the world admitting that he didn't control his own forces, didn't know what they were doing. And Carol Quigley may have known exactly what he was talking about. Pardon me. I said Carol Quigley may have known exactly what he was talking about. He, he did. He, he forecast exactly how the system uh, would be manipulated, although he wasn't uh, as critical of it as uh, some of the rest of us. Anyway, there are big problems, and sometime soon, the American people are going to have to repossess control of their country. Yeah. Because if they don't, um, well, they don't have it now, but they've got to, they've got to rec reclaim the control of their own country and reestablish government of, by, and for the people, rather than let the cabal introduce this new world order that they're talking about, which uh, sounded so great when it was first uh, first mentioned by uh, President Bush Sr. Sounded like utopia, you know, we're all going to live happily ever after. Yeah. But as you know and I know, what they're really talking about is a world dictatorship. We're with a government that's not elected by anybody, except by them, for them, by them, for their benefit, and that's what's been in the in the in the uh, in the wind or whatever. Right. And that's what's going to happen to us if we don't uh, smarten up, find out what's going on, and reclaim a possession uh, pretty soon before it's too late. So all of these things are in various books, uh, mine and others. And you know, the pro one of the problems when, uh, who was it? It was uh, Alan Dulles was asked how he managed to, to uh, sneak so many Nazis into the United States. He said it was because Americans don't read books. Well, you know, the same thing can be said about Canadians. <laughs> and... <laughs> And it's true because you will never find out what's going on in your own country or around the world from, you know, reading the New York Times or the Washington Post or watching CNN or whoever, Fox News, doesn't matter. Yeah. You'll never find out what's really going on in the world unless you read some good books by good authors who go into these subjects that we've been talking about in great depth. And there you can find out the truth. And the, tr the truth, is, uh, I guess it was in the Bible that said that seek the truth because the truth will set you free. So, Paul, I, I, want, I want you to tie in the extraterrestrial influence into what you've just described there uh, for listeners in regards to, to, to the banking cartel. And are you able to identify any of those 62 families? Um, no, but um, you could easily, if you got a list of the richest families in the world, 
Yeah. There, there yeah. is a list somewhere. I've seen it. And I think you can Google it. We're talking, we're talking wealth that exceeds uh, Berkshire Hathaway and, and Bill Gates. Is that correct? There's, there's, well, there's well, hidden yeah. wealth. By miles. Yeah, by, by country miles. Right. And, so, go ahead. Just wealth almost beyond imagination. I mean, imagine somebody owning uh, Shanghai uh, right. and, uh, and San Francisco and, and uh, Los Angeles and uh, New York City and uh, Mexico City, et cetera, et cetera, and on and on. Well, there are people like that. So, uh, and, and I think a little, just a, a very small amount of research would turn up some, maybe not all, but some of the names anyway, because I think they're listed there somewhere. But um, no, the, there has got to be real change and, um, and we've got to do something about this uh, global warming before much of the planet goes underwater. And um, what I have suggested is that we, first of all, admit that war is obsolete. Because war, there, there are so many weapons now, there are atomic weapons, and they're proliferating. And the worst idea I have heard in, I don't know, I guess my lifetime, is the possibility that the United States might give uh, atomic technology to the Saudis. That would be a fast track to uh, nuclear Armageddon in the, in the Middle East. And it absolutely must not happen. And so if your listeners want to do something to help, have them write the president and say, under no circumstances will you or provide the Saudis with, uh, with uh, technology that would make them uh, able to build atomic weapons. And then uh, there are a lot of other things that have to be done. In my latest book, I have a list of them in chapter 25. <clears throat> and uh, the, 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 I'm sure you've heard of the clock, the atomic clock. Sure, of course. Two minutes to midnight. And all you need is, is just one shot across the bow and you could have a nuclear conflagration that would make most of the world uninhabitable. So we have to start getting rid of that, getting rid of the capability to, to destroy the world and use the money, the savings, amplified by the uh, government-created money that we were just talking about, to build um, zero-point energy motors and start installing them in every car, truck, uh, tractor, airplane, and uh, home in the whole world. And sure, it would be a disruption, just like there was a disrupt disruption when Henry Ford started building cars. All the people who had been building buggies were out of business. So, of course, it would be a dis disruption, but the end result <clears throat> would be fantastic. We'd save most of the world, and people would be uh, in possession of little boxes that would run their car or keep their home heated. Um, the lights wouldn't go out in a storm, and, uh, and it, it would be free. It would be forever once you got the box in there. 
And that's the kind of energy there is in the cosmos. And, uh, and the technology is known. One of the uh, people who uh, worked in Nevada in Area 51, actually in S4, which I think is uh, just part of it, uh, <clears throat> Dr. Michael uh, uh, Wolf, who had a very, very high um, security clearance, said in a, in a radio interview, I think it was almost 20 years ago, that the United States, in cooperation with one of the uh, species of aliens, had developed both uh, zero point and cold fusion. And I prefer the zero point because it's cleaner and easier and more maneuverable and so on. So this is what we've got to do. And if we, if we said we're going to stop building more weapons and start converting them into plowshares, as it says in the Bible. And, and what we could do is we could, in probably five years, install zero-point energy in most of the world, in much of the world, and stop the, uh, the heating before it becomes, uh, you know, intolerable as far as the results are concerned. And what we do would have to do is the exact opposite to what we did in World War II. I remember it well because I was there and I was in the Armed Forces for a couple of years. And we, we took all of the automobile companies and all of the uh, refrigerator companies and the uh, stove companies and converted them into uh, armaments companies. Now we just do the opposite and take all of these armaments company, com companies, which are keeping wars going in the Middle East and, uh, and elsewhere, the, the war in Syria, which is so absolutely criminal, and the war in, uh, in Yemen, which is, you know, these, these are just heartbreaking situations that have to be addressed and, and convert them into zero-point energy. So they could win on both sides. It was, could stop a lot of wars, reduce the likelihood of a serious global war and save the planet all at the same time. If they just had a combined uh, policy and the countries, the major countries of the world got together and said, this is a sensible thing to do because this is going to be good for everybody, not just the 62 families, but for all of the other people sure. who really count and deserve better treatment and better government than they've been getting for a long, long time. Yeah. So, Paul, are listeners to separate the existence of extraterrestrial technology, i.e. that would assumingly be present at Area 51, are they to separate that with the this banking cartel that is instilling and they're seemingly being very effective at it, and that's one of the reasons I do what I do, and I'm sure it's exactly why you do what you do. Um, are they to separate those those two, uh, the existence of extraterrestrial presence and uh, the banking cartel, the motives of the banking cartel? No, because they're all in the same boat now. Uh-huh. Of course, when I say they're, they're all, I should, I should clarify. Nearly all of the species are benign. Nearly all, and they're and they're much more spiritual than we are, and they're advanced in many ways 
and at least twice they made us an offer. They said, we will give you um, our technology in medicine and agriculture and so on if you would get your atomic weapons. Interesting. And twice we've turned them down. Biggest mistakes probably ever made. But that's what's happened, and now we have to do it if we want to see the result. But nearly all of the technological changes in our world in the last 50 years came from originally the, the crash at the Roswell in, on July the 4th, uh, 1947, and uh, subsequent events. There have been other cra crashes, there have been all kinds of crashes. And, uh, and the, there's been collaboration by several um, species with the United States government. One of them, um, unfortunately, I think, has a bad record in the cosmos. And um, this was, is a cause for concern because I think they could be tied in with the, uh, with the cabal in a way that uh, is not really uh, uh, something that we would want to cheer about. So we have to, first of all, recognize what has happened, that all, nearly all of the technology, both military and, and civil, but mostly military, and the terrible new weapons that they have, have produced in the last uh, few years, with the particle guns and lasers that uh, just do incredible things. Yeah, just in incredible. And the reason we've got to get, say, no to war forever, if we have any sense at all, we have to do that, or we are going to be in, uh, in deep dudgeon, as they say, in uh, whatever. So uh, a lot of things to think about, actually a lot of things to read about. And there are lots of good books. Uh, there's a couple of recent books by Alana Freeland, Yes, former guest on the program. Raise your hair uh, if you have any concern for the future and your progeny and uh, their progeny. So uh, we've got to uh, get below the surface and below the, the drivel that appears in the daily press and uh, and start getting the truth. And that, as I suggest, I mean, is uh, reading some good books like Alana's and mine and, uh, and uh, Dr. Uh, Stephen Greer's and other people who speak the truth and uh, are trying to get the word out. Paul, before you go and before we wrap up, a, a quick question. There, there are various species that you've been privy to in, 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 in the clearances that you've held in the Canadian government, government and the um, memorandums that you've been sent. Various species. But what, what is preventing, for instance, uh, you think about these, the, the concept uh, that, that George Lucas came up with with Star Wars. What is preventing a, um, an extraterrestrial attack on the United States? Or, excuse me, on the, on the, on the world, on the, on the planet? Well, because most of the, of the species, as I said, are, are uh, benign. Right, okay. They want us to succeed. They could have taken us over any time if they had wanted to. Most of them, with the exception maybe of one, um, have wanted to help us. 
And they're the ones that have offered these, made these offers about giving technology in exchange for getting rid of our, our um, atomic weapons. Because if, if you get to the end of my latest book yeah. and see how the world was created, how the cosmos was created, you'll know that it's, uh, it's one, that we're all one, that we're all brothers and sisters. And consequently, they don't want to take us over. They want to help us. Of course, they may, they don't want the planet wrecked because it's one of the better ones. And they, they like to come here for holidays and uh, maybe exploit some of our resources or, and, uh, and trade with us and so on. But um, it's, it's, re it's not the extraterrestrials that we have to fear. It's ourselves. That. It's ourselves, yeah. You say, if you, I've seen the enemy and it is me. All you have to do is look in the mirror and we know what the problem is and uh, what we really have to do about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Hellier. Paul, thanks for joining Discussion to Truth. Do, do you have uh, some final comments, final words for listeners? Well, I'm, I'm just underlining this, this idea of, of uh, getting some good books and reading them. My books, and especially the last three that I mentioned, The Light at the End of the Tunnel, The uh, Money Mafia, and the uh, Hope Restored, an autobiography, are all available from the normal sources. And uh, if people wanted a auto personally autographed copy, they could uh, get it from my website, which is paulhellyerweb, all one word, dot com. That's paulhellyerweb.com. And, uh, and get uh, Stephen Greer's books and Alana uh, Friedland's book yeah. um, and uh, other books. Uh, and, and go through them and make your own decisions and realize how serious things are and how we have to all get together and, uh, and try and do something about it. It's a basically a spiritual problem and we have to have a spiritual revolution and sort of reject the, the uh, standards that have been set by uh, one who was called the evil one. <laughs> um, and, uh, and start building what I call the kingdom of God on earth, which is uh, giving fair shakes to the children and the people of uh, all parts of the world. Wonderful. Paul, thank you for joining uh, the program. And uh, thanks again for, for all your service and everything that you've done. Keep up the good work. It's my pleasure and keep up your good work. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Hellyer, and if that man does not impress you. Hey, look, since its inception, this program has received some incredible guests. I agree with them or not. Richard Lighthouse. Richard Lighthouse was on this program two weeks ago trying to convey to you that there are satellites, Block 3 they're called, there's one currently that that he mentioned. It tracks 800 million. That's over double the population of the United States. It tracks 800 million people. So, yes, you are being tracked by the U.S. Air Force, whether for good or for bad. I mean, it's your voice it's going to carry. And like Paul said, you want change, you've got to make it happen. And collectively, 
we must change. He just said, our worst enemy is ourselves. Man is very greedy. Man is very, woman as well, power hungry, control, manipulative. If, it, if, if 62 families control over half of the planetary economics, that's, that's, does that disgust you? Does it disgust you? Paul Hellyer Webb, that's P-A-U-L-H-E-L-L-Y-E-R-W-E-B.com. And by the way, Alana Freeland speaks quite a bit about the 5G and how that can be used and is being used against you and how it associates and, and blends into chemical trails. So yes, chemical trails are, 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 are happening. Um, and we'll have... Chief scientist from NASA Langley, uh, Dennis Bushnell, joining the program in a couple weeks. You know, they'll be discussing uh, things of that nature. I'll be right back with uh, some closing comments. You've tuned in to Wednesday's edition of Discussions of Truth. I'm here every every Wednesday at 5 o'clock on Winwood Radio. Follow me on Instagram and uh, I, uh, you can follow me on iTunes and Twitter. Uh, I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. And yes, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, a Google podcast, iHeartRadio. Tune in and the list continues. Be right back from the closing comments. Best Nature's they're organic Canadian company that makes um, uh, a number of things, hygienical things, and uh, they sponsor the program. They kindly get, uh, send uh, a, a gift to all past guests on the program. If you're looking for some really wonderful uh, soap for your home uh, or, or as a gift for a friend, uh, Best Nature's. Uh, dot com, uh, and that's just as it sounds. I will be I will be back next week with another edition of Discussions of Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I am am Ian Hamilton Trottier, and until next week, be awesome.